Welcome to the FPL USA Press Play Podcast. You have Brian and FPL Black Wolf behind the mics, and we're missing our man Bucks, who fell off of his high horse this week and is the low man on the totem pole, so he will not be joining us. He is tending to his kids, as this is one of those podcasts that goes up during the week. So we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we have the Game Week 16 deadline looming. Dan, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. I think Bucks is pretending to look after his kids. I think he's suffering having his first red arrow in about 10 game weeks. So I think that's he what's was, happening, really. He was fucking due for one. Oh, my goodness. The amount, of, the amount of BS we have to put up with that guy celebrating all of our clean sheets getting wiped. And today, we'll miss him on the pod, but not too much, I'd say, right? I'm excited yeah. to be here with you. Yeah, fuck you, Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a short pod so we can go live as soon as possible before, again, the game week 16 deadline. And there are a lot of issues to tackle in FPL manager's team. We are potting right after the Spurs loss to West Ham. So without further ado, let's jump into the scores this week. And we'll start with Dan. How'd you do, mate? I got 30 points this week, so... Pretty much a disaster again. Um, I have Ariola and Turner in goal, so I got zero from my goalkeeper. And then all three of my defenders got one point. Um, I have Udogi, who could have saved my game week if he kept a clean sheet. And then, of course, Spurs do their usual fuck-up, where they just go all Spursy and concede two ridiculous goals. So yeah, my, my only returns were from um, Palmer, who a lot of people have, and Mbuma, who then went on to get injured. Every other player in my team blanked. So yeah, I'm on 30 points. And it's looking like a 60k red arrow for me. Look, it's a good game week to have a bad game week. I think that's what a lot of the FPL community should think because there were not very many scores above 45 points. So the game week average was 34. So you didn't do too much worse than that. But yeah, like we said at the top of the pod, a lot of holes to address in our sides and with rotation looming as well. That could provide even more carnage for us to discuss on next week's pod. Transitioning to my team quickly, I was the high man on the totem pole this week. I had 37 points and then a minus four hit. So I ended up with 33. Small red arrow, about a couple thousand places, basically non-existent. But ultimately, I was happy to have taken a hit to bring in Dubrovka into my side I brought Dubrovka and Palmer in. I was just sick of Areola, quite frankly, and then it was a bit of uh, luck to see him benched this game week because of a wrist injury. So we have no idea what the timetable on his return is, but Flappy Hands is more than capable for stepping in. But that also puts managers like yourself and Bucks in a big jam because you might have to weigh up a goalkeeper transfer. So in the end, Dubrovka, at one point he was on, I think, 10 points maybe 65 minutes into the match and then he was and then uh newcastle get obliterated and he ends up on two points so moving forward i'm happy to have him in my side because more managers will have to get him with their goalkeeper debacle and uh again it was just one of those things there's honestly two minutes before the deadline i was like i can't look at this this sorry sap of uh of a player in goal anymore in areola because west ham just always concede one goal typically in their matches so I'm tripled up on Newcastle, and that did not provide too much cover for me this week. But 
what did happen was Palmer, my transfer in, he comes away with eight points. And wow, looking at the app, there's not many more points to be had here. Salah captain, he blanked, but he still would have had more points than Sun or Holland. So, you know, small win, we'll take it. Uh, Darwin comes off the bench for three. Saka with an assist for five. And that is about it. Auto sub for Simi. Oh, th this one was tough to see. Both Simikas and Darwin benched for this one. But hopefully those guys will start on the weekend versus Crystal Palace. And I'll be in a good spot there. Next up, let's quickly go to Mr. Bucksbaum. Let me pull it up here. How many points did this guy have this week? I think you beat him, right? I think I did. I think Bucks finished on 27 points this week, if I'm not mistaken. 26 points he finished on. Oh, yeah. Make so, sure to give him, give him one less point. He doesn't need it. Yeah, the difference between my team and his team really is he has Sterling, whereas I have Cole Palmer. So that's where I got my extra points than him this week. And he, of course, has Darwin over Watkins, who got the extra two. Further than that, he is in the same boat as us, just no returns across the board. He also doesn't have Saka. So it's just a bad game week all around for everyone, I think. Unless you owned Hanky Chan or Trent Alexander-Arnold, you're probably looking at a red arrow. Yeah, you dominated Bucks from the defensive line here. He's got three total points. One point from Livermento, one point from Taylor, one point from Trips, and zero points from his combination of goalkeepers. So... Just an absolute shit show. It's one of those things you kind of have to laugh about. But defenders are not worth a damn unless you're named Trent Alexander Arnold, who is on fire right now. He comes up with 12 points. So if you had him in your side, you're definitely likely looking at a nice green arrow this week because everyone else did fuck all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pedro Porro was looking good for a moment because he got his assist and then he was looking to get a clean sheet. But then he got a yellow card, they conceded too, and even he's down to three points now. So yeah, it's a shit show all around. Well, we must move on and look forward and hopefully we'll be able to answer some of the questions that the community has because I think teams such as your Dan and such as Bucks, they, they need some surgery here. And hopefully, you know, rotation could be killer this weekend too. I'm I'm really eager to see what carnage comes from that, but Moving forward, just want to highlight the manager of the game week in our press play pod premiership league, FPL Georgios, 54 whopping points. He had TAA for 12, Huang for 10, Palmer for eight, and a couple other guys trickled in points. So big green arrow for him and well done. I mean, I would love to be on 20 points higher than the game week average. So Maybe next week. Maybe next week. We can only hope, but yeah, we it's, can uh, it's, it's looking a bit uh, grim at the moment. You know, it's funny to podcast after these matches where we have very few points in our sides and Captain Blank, you know, it's it, in the 30s is, is abysmal. So hopefully uh, we'll have more things to talk about next week. We're going to take a quick break and come back and just recap a few of the matches from the midweek and then look forward to game week 16. We'll be right back. All right, game week 15 is in the books, and I would like to delete this from memory, but let's talk about a few of the big victories, and let's start with Arsenal, who come from behind and get a 4-3 victory versus who? The Lutonians. The Lutonians, right. I mean, Man, they've they... proven once again that they're a decent team at home. They really are. They, they can't defend for shit, but they're actually... A pretty decent team at home. They're hard to break down. They're hard to beat. 
they give everything. And Arsenal got lucky. Um, Rice again with an extra time banger to save the points for them. But it was looking ropey at times in that game. Yeah, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts here. It looks like the home field slash home pitch advantage right now in these fixtures that are going to be you know, coming fast and furious is really giving an upper hand to a lot of teams where their supporters are helping drive them forward. We see Everton beat Newcastle 3-0. The Lutonians nearly had one. I thought Sheffield United even played halfway decent uh, versus Liverpool. I mean, that was a 1-0 match for about 90 minutes until the extra time. So it's interesting to see, you know, if you can start all your defenders when they're playing at home, um, because away, it's just, it's not looking pretty at the moment. And uh, I'm just not sure, you know, some of these squads are just not deep enough to be able to handle all these fixtures coming in succession. So, you know, what are your thoughts there, uh, Dan, as we look ahead? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it, especially with stadiums uh, where the fans are right on top of the pitch, like at Kenilworth Road and like at Goodison Park. Away teams just can't handle it. Everton, Luton, like you said, even Sheffield United played okay. They're, they're very difficult to break down at home, and especially during this congested period where you have a lot of injuries, you have a lot of tired legs. I think home field advantage should not be understated. Um, and the mistakes, I feel like, are coming from the teams that are away from home. We yeah. saw Raya with an absolute terrible, terrible performance. I mean, Ramsdale's dad was cheering in the in the sidelines for sure for that one because <laughs> this was, I mean, he had two or three howlers and then those eventually led to goals for the Lutonians. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting time here to see who can rise above all the rest. But right now, Arsenal clearly at the top of the table and they have a nice cushion after that come from behind win. Elsewhere, I think one of the, most surprising points of the game week was Villa absolutely taking it to Man City. I don't think I've seen that kind of performance just put upon City in years. And when you look at the shot chart, wow, 22 freaking shots by Villa at home. And they limit Man City to only two shots, the lowest in Pep Guardiola's era at Manchester City. What were your thoughts on this match? They absolutely dominated City, didn't they? They're, they're such a better team at home, Aston Villa. So next week they're playing Arsenal. You you definitely start all of your Aston Villa assets against them. And I'm nervous starting any defensive asset for Arsenal against them. They're just so good at home and they're in third place now. They've won something like 14 home games on the bounce. Um, Man City's XG was zero after the 11th minute. So it was Crazy. just a crazy game. There was a double save on Holland that was expertly done by Martinez. And then after that, no other shots to be had. And this really, again, highlights the importance of Rodri in that side. This is a 150 million pound man, uh, because right now, whoever comes in when he is out, they just do not progress the ball in the same manner. And it, it was just shocking to see um, the midfield for Villa really run circles. And I think Unai Emery, I know we've been shouting and discussing on the pod, but I've been so low on this, this Zaniolo Italian fraudster, and they finally rip him out of the side. They start Tielemans in the midfield. Bailey gets a nod over Diaby, and Bailey, truly incredible performance. He's been great off the bench. We'll see if he can uh, keep Diaby blocked there because that performance deserves another start, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's the only problem with Villa. I would love to have two of their offensive assets. And I did have them with Diaby and Watkins, but he also rotates his entire front line apart from Watkins. 
if Bailey can get a consistent run of starts, he looks excellent. I think I saw on FF Scout that he was top of the charts for XG. So if he gets a good run of games, I would love to have him in my team, especially as they play in blank game week 18 as well at home to Sheffield United. But again, you just don't know who's going to play for them. Exactly. So we'll monitor that. I mean, he's 5.5 million and he's been really coming again off the bench in a lot of these matches in the Premier League and been starting in Europe. So we'll see if that may be a switch, actually, and we'll see Diaby start in European action where Bailey could get a run of starts now in the Prem. So something to keep an eye on. Cash also benched there. He doesn't even come on. So I think, again, he's in my side right now, and I just don't have enough transfers to get rid of him. So he's going to probably stay there for a while, but he's not looking to be a great option. Yeah, but he he can probably stay there at this point until blank game week 18 because he would probably and start at home against Sheffield United and he could haul in that game for all you know. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just hope that maybe he'll get the start then. But there's just no defenders to even bring in for him other than Poro. That's the only guy that's really kind of been super attacking and is you know, at a price point which you could upgrade very easily from cash. So, I mean, it's just a desolate, you know, place right now for defenders. Yeah, and then just to touch on Man City as well, if you're someone who would be looking to 3-hit 18, which of course is now less appealing with the injury to Mbumo, you have really good fixtures for Man City either side of that 3-hit. But who do you pick on them? As well, they're not performing for one thing, and they also are rotating a lot. I'm looking at the likes of Foden, for example, but they just look so much weaker without Gundogan, without Mares, without Kevin De Bruyne. It's so understated how much they miss these guys. I think Gundogan is their biggest miss, personally. Yeah, and with Doku injured, Grealish missed this match as well from yellow cards. I mean, that they're in a tough spot, and the defense has been so leaky this season, whereas we're so used to them putting up 15. 20 clean sheets every year for the last five years. And this is clearly something that Pep needs to sort out. So I'll, it'll be interesting to see if they change their formation a bit to be a little bit more focused on the defensive side of the ball. Next up, let's highlight the imbome no moment of the game week. Managers brought him in and he does deliver the past two game weeks, got an assist last week for five, gets a PK in this one, and then goes off in the 37th minute, I believe. So you know, I think this is a big one. I called it out on our X account that you may no longer need to hold him. And I think he's got some ligament damage in his, um, yeah, in his ankle. So you're not going to need to hold him. And we still haven't had the double game week announced. So they're most likely going to move him on. So Dan, what are your kind of top line um, initiatives around Mbomo moving forward? I think he's an easy sell at this point, to be honest. He's out for weeks. He has the blank game week. He has some difficult fixtures. And then he has the, the cup that he's going away for around game week 20. So I think he's an easy sell. Unfortunately, it means that teams are getting even more closer to the template now. Um, but it is an opportunity to sell him for someone that's a bit of a differential. And you can look at it two ways. Either everyone's going to move even closer to the same five players in midfield. Exactly. Or it gives you an opportunity to go a little bit differential in that one spot, which is where I'm looking at. So the likes of Fogan or Foden or Kulisevsky or Bowen back in the team, there's an opportunity here to get a differential, I think. Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, I really wish I could fit Huang into my side, but that would give me another player that I'd have to deal with when AFCON and the Asia Cup comes around, where I have Salah, Sun, and then 
potentially Huang, but he's 5.7 million, gets a 10 pointer. He's definitely, you know, somebody to watch and we'll see if he can keep up his goal scoring form. I think this is probably already his most goals ever uh, in a Wolves kit. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's having the season of his life at, at Wolves. So Huang is a great asset, but the problem with him, and I have this problem with so many assets, is he has four yellow cards and then he has the Asian Cup coming and it keeps pitting me off putting these players in and then they get 10 points here, nine points there, eight points there. You know, this yellow card thing gets me every single season and it's kind of annoying because Huang Hee Chan, if he didn't have those four yellow cards, I'm pretty confident he would have been in my team this week. So he's a good asset if you're not scared about those four yellows. Yeah, other assets also on four yellow cards. I mean, Trips is very near a suspension and uh, let's transition to that game. They lose zero to three at Goodison Park to Everton. This was a zero zero match about 60 minutes through and trips just fucks up multiple times and gifts some golden chances to the Toffees and they convert them. So, I, you know, I'm doubled up on Newcastle defense, as are many managers now with um, the likes of Lascelles being so cheap and Dubrovka coming in for that keeper slot. They have a very thin squad at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Lascelles also limped off at the end of that match. I'm not sure if that was just a knock and he knew the game was out of reach at that point. So um, we'll have to pay attention to news there. They play Tottenham coming up next um, away, so not an easy match by any means. And, uh, man, I mean, I was excited that Trips was likely going to be, you know, blanking, but the rest of the squad suffered after those two fuck-ups. Yeah, as a Trippier owner, and I don't have any of the Newcastle defenders, I actually loved Trippier even more for that mistake because that kind of saved me in my mini-leagues. So I'm not too sad about that. Um, I'm also happy he didn't get his second yellow card. He's still ticking along without getting it. So he saved me from probably taking a minus four to a minus eight this week, not getting that yellow, the same as Adogi. So yeah, I wasn't too bothered about that game. I, I expected Everton to win that game. I said it on the pod earlier this week. Everton are so good at home. Decore, I said he's going to score. I don't know why I can predict this stuff on the pod, but I don't ever put them in my team. <laughs> it's really annoying. Um, but yeah, they're... Newcastle don't look great away from home. Yeah, and they didn't really create too many chances. I think Gordon had a decent one at uh, some point in the second half. He does start after being flagged earlier in the week, and he, again, is going to be likely part of that core midfield five. We're going to see so many managers now with the midfield that looks like Sala, Sun, Saka, Palmer, and Gordon because the like-for-like replacements are so easy to get to, and a lot of managers initially chose either Gordon or Palmer, and now it's just pretty much viable to have both. Um, but yeah, Newcastle, they're under duress. They're going to play in Champions League next week as well, and I believe that's a must-win for them. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to field a very strong lineup if they want to get out of the group stage of Champions League. So lots of minutes coming up and a very thin squad at the moment. So um, I'll be starting Sun with a lot of confidence next week uh, because of this defensive crumbling. All right, next up, let's quickly talk about Chelsea versus Man U. This was an interesting game early. We had Bruno miss a PK, and that was probably pretty much the only good thing that Bob the Monster Sanchez has ever done in a Blues kit. And he had a couple other saves, but 
Scotty Too Hotty McSauce. He is on a tear. This guy bangs in a brace in the match, and he's already at like six goals, I think, for Manchester United and barely starts any of these matches. So you can tell that ETH is valuing his mentality because the rest of the squad is a bit uh, is a bit frail, to be honest. And we see Rashford benched in this one. Palmer does come through with eight big points with one goal and one bonus. Again, he's 5.3 million. He'll rise this week in price most likely, but I think he's a good asset moving forward. I know Bucks has Raz. Didn't do too much in this one as Chelsea's backline looked out of sorts, but there are better days ahead because they have an amazing run. If you look at the fixture ticker on Fantasy Football Scout, they're going to play Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves, Crystal Palace, and Luton in the next five game weeks. So that is going to help this team get right and honestly the the defensive errors i'm hoping they can fix because i am looking at colwell as a possible 4.5 player bringing my side and again there are not many defenders so you're just kind of going to play the fixture run and hope that you get a few clean sheets in those uh, matches reese james he didn't start he was not fit enough to play a full 90 he comes in at halftime didn't look great looks very much heavy on his legs so yeah, I mean, Palmer is a great option. Then if you want a differential, Raz has the ceiling of, you know, 17-point game weeks, which he's done a couple times this year. So that's somebody, like you said earlier, that you might want to keep an eye on. Yeah, I like the fixture run for Chelsea attackers because they still do look pretty decent in attack. I'm, I'm less convinced about their, their defense, to be honest, because even though you see a lot of green here, some of those greens are Everton away, which we've seen is definitely not a green fixture. Wolves away, I don't think that's a green fixture. They're even going to play Luton away, which they might struggle to <laughs> get a result at. So I, I don't think it's as easy as people think, at least for their defenders. But having said that, like you said, who else do you put in? There's like no options anywhere. So I don't mind a Colwell shout. I would love Reese James if he played every minute. But as we've seen, he just gets rotated way too much, even yeah, if it's Man he's United. Not he's not fit. So I think that's the biggest thing. And Cole will at 4.5 million. Yeah, I expect him to start most matches. So that would be a potential target in the defensive back line if you're looking to make a move. All right. Lastly, let's just talk about the Liverpool dispatching of Sheffield United. VVD gets the opener here, ends up on 14 points with one goal, a clean sheet, and two bonus. And that came from a corner kick from Trent. TAA has now delivered, I believe, in the past six game weeks and is really showing why he was priced at an eight million pound price tag initially in the opening game week of the season. He's very difficult to get into your side though. So I, I don't think I'll be going for him anytime soon and he'll probably have to be a candidate on my next wild card later in the season. But he is somebody that again, if you had him this game week, you were most likely looking at a solid and healthy green arrow. Salah, meanwhile, Takes a lot of shots. I think he had four shots in this one, but does not come away with any points. He does lock in that clean sheet, though, for his captaincy. Um, but yeah, not not much to be said there. And then Darwin comes off the bench. He has another great chance that you would have wanted him to put in the back of the net. But then at the very end of the game, he showed one of the reasons why Klopp is really impressed with him in his defensive ability to track back and he had an excellent tackle i thought you know in real time i'm like man that could have been a yellow card and i watch it yeah. back and like he got the ball first wiped out the defender got the ball back and then crossed it beautifully to sobo's lie who puts in the goal to wrap up the three points for liverpool so 
Right now, I'm on the triple up, and I'm very, very excited to have them this weekend. I need points from Simikas, from Darwin, from Sala this weekend to really save my bacon, and I'm hoping that uh, that happens. Yeah, and the, the thing about Trent Alexander-Arnold, just to touch on him again, 40 points in his last four matches. If you've had him, you're going to be flying up those ranks. But I'm now just curious if we've kind of missed the boat on him a little bit. Potentially not because he's such a good asset, but they've got you know, Man United, Arsenal, Burnley away, Newcastle, Chelsea, then Arsenal again. They've got a difficult run, probably not looking good for their defenders. But as we've seen, Trent is more of an attacker than a defender, so I don't mind it apart from the fact that he's so expensive, and I still prefer Trippier, despite their weakness in defence right now. Yeah, I think uh, TAA is somebody we will all covet, as the uh, that meme I'm sure we'll see a lot of... Uh, it's a meme where uh, the boyfriend's walking with his girlfriend and he's looking back at yeah. that, uh, checking out that lady in the in the distance who is TAA in this scenario, while everyone else has other defenders. But um, yeah, he's he's rounding into form at the right time. And Liverpool, even with these tougher fixtures coming up, I think are still going to continue to prove to be one of the best teams in the Prem. All right, we're going to take our next break and we'll come back to fast forward and look ahead to the matches kicking off in game week 16. We'll be right back. All right, let's fast forward. Game week 16 kicks off Saturday. We have some top FPL matchups to target, which include Liverpool at Crystal Palace, which is the early kickoff, Burnley at Brighton, Brentford at Chef U, and City at Luton. So attacking-wise, we're expecting a lot of points this game week from our attackers. But on the defensive side of things, you know, a lot of us have Liverpool and uh, defenders from Arsenal. I don't think those guys are going to keep too many clean sheets here. And we also have Newcastle at Tottenham. And you would expect goals from both of those sides as well. So, man, I, I really need to make a defensive transfer, but what the fuck's the point? There, there's no point. It's like, can I just start my my eight attackers and just leave uh, leave these guys in the dust on my on my bench for defensive uh, reasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of good transfers to make here in defense, to be honest. I mean, Man City away at Luton, they could get a clean sheet, but then they have the blank. So would you really want to be bringing in a Man City defender, especially because they rate out so much anyway? You don't know who to bring in. So yeah, I think just take the loss this week in defense. And I mean, I'm expecting a lot of... Uh binary code here a lot of zeros and ones yeah. from my defenders it's not going to be pretty um not to mention you know some some managers might elect to move out in bomo and just roll with 10 guys and have a zero and keeper if they don't want to waste one but i think at this point if you're on turnola you probably are worth you know taking a hit and sorting out your your keeper slot because it's more like a minus two most likely if they you know hold the other team to two goals so uh, what are your thoughts there, Dan? What's your plan? Yeah, if we hear that Ariola is definitely out for the weekend and you have Ariola, Turner and Mbuma, I think a minus four is probably justified. I'm in that situation, so I'll be looking at at least a minus four this week, which is unfortunate, but I, I think we have to use it as a way to attack a differential, attack an exciting fixture, such as the Man City at Luton um, or the Liverpool at Crystal Palace. But again, there's not many good options. It's so difficult. This, this <laughs> Someone random is going to get points. You watch. I have Nathan P 
Pinnock, sorry, Ethan Pinnock, away at Sheffield United in my defense. I'm hoping he gets his bullet header and like a 15-pointer just to save my ass. Yeah, I'm kind of curious who you're looking at for keepers. I mean, if you're a manager who already has a triple up on Newcastle, and there are a lot of those, you can't even bring in Dubrovka. So who else would you shout out for potential keeper options? I mean, I, I know you spoke poorly of him earlier on, but Robert Sanchez... <laughs> I think is a decent option with yeah he's four point five he's worth yeah. a shout it's not exciting though. With those it's not fixtures. exciting no but goalkeeper transfers are never exciting are they I think if I downgrade Mbumo to someone cheaper and there's a lot of good options then I will have the funds to upgrade Ariola to someone like Sanchez that's what I'm looking at but I don't know if I'll do it I might just go Dubravka we'll see yeah I mean Dubravka is the easy answer even with their defensive fertility at the moment he's going to be starting for the next couple months um tbd if they go for somebody in the january transfer window like a free agent in david de Gea, but I, I think at this point you know he's got the keys in the keeper slot there i think other defensive players a shout out i mean you're looking at like leno from fulham he does rack up a lot of saves. They have a decent fixture run, and they've actually been playing a lot better over the last couple of game weeks. So I think he's somebody that you could turn to. West Ham at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Bournemouth away, Arsenal at home. So, you know, they could get one or two clean sheets, but he racks up a ton of saves, and he was one of the top keepers last season at his price point. So that's somebody else I would keep an eye on again. And uh, it's, it's not pretty out there, though. So Sanchez could be a, a decent option, too. In terms of, you know, the best IRL matches, like we said before, Arsenal at Villa, this is a really huge matchup and something that we weren't really expecting maybe even five game weeks ago. But because of Villa's form, this could really have some ramifications in the top four for the season. So what are you expecting here from both sides? I think we see goals at either end. I think we see an exciting game. I'm expecting at least uh, three goals in this game. But I see Aston Villa doing it again, winning again. They're just so good at home. And Arsenal are looking weak away from home defensively, so I can see them winning this. I'm quite comfortable starting Watkins, and I'm hoping he gets a haul for all those people that sold to Darwin. Oh, it made I'm... me so happy to see uh, him with a one-pointer this this game. Oh, I, no, I needed no. him to blank. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't be able to have handled another eight- to nine-pointer from Watkins. You're going to get your points back next week when Liverpool are at Crystal Palace. I think that's... Darwin's time to shine. Hopefully. And again, he was rested, so we expect him to start that match. All right. I think we're going to take our last break, and then we'll just answer a couple of big FPL community questions, and then we'll end the pod. All right. Time for the mailbag from the hashtag FPL community. I think a lot of managers have the same problem that we do here in our seats behind the mics. What? to do with Brian and Bomo, a.k.a. Evil Brian. He's spurned us once again. Oh, man, it's such a bummer because he's such a good asset. He ticks along. He's on pen, set pieces, even when we brought him in for the fixtures that we targeted, such as Luton, and then this past matchup versus Bright Brighton, he delivered. And unfortunately, now we're faced with the opportunity cost of ripping him out of our side. So let's uh, let's talk here. Let's probably go from about... Six million, five and a half million, all the way up to eight million. I think that's probably the range of players that you could probably bring in uh, for a straight swap or a minus four this week. So, Dan, why don't you highlight some of the guys that you're thinking about and are top of mind? 
Yeah, so the go the guys I'm looking at are Bowen again or Kudus at West Ham. I know they're not great, but these guys are at least Bowen is a ninety minute man who gets the chances. They have some good fixtures coming up. They play in game week eighteen. I like the look of Sterling to go for the double up with Palmer. They have some good fixtures coming up, but again he's on those four yellows, which is kinda of putting me off because my bench is so weak that I just cannot afford to have anyone else suspended. I'm even liking the look of Kulisevsky. He's looking really good for Tottenham, and he's nailed in that team, which is what we need in this upcoming run of fixtures. Their fixtures kind of put me off a little bit, but he's also an option. And then, of course, if you don't own Gordon or Palmer, they're obvious, unfortunately. Looking to make up ground, you might swerve Gordon. Uh, Again, he's going to have... Champions League, which they'll need him to start. So maybe, you know, he's going to be due a rest at some point here. Uh, I don't know who could even replace him right now. And therefore, it looks like he's probably going to play a a ton of minutes for Newcastle. But going with somebody else, um, you know, in this in this bracket could be, um, you know, fruitful. Somebody else to possibly, you know, revisit is Matoma at Brighton. He had an assist, I believe, this week. He played and started this match. They have Burnley at home in game week 16, but then they will face Arsenal away and Crystal Palace away. But, um, you know, Matoma, he's usually good for 80 minutes and could be an asset that bangs this week. Also, if you have the free transfers to be able to deal with game week 18, I like Phil Foden for his next two fixtures. But he's, you know, oh, Phil Foden I love is a, me. just a I troll. love me some Phil Foden. I love me some Phil Foden. He's been tearing up Champions League as well. I've been playing Champions League fantasy with a, a few mates, and he's uh, had a few monster hauls and looks to be, again, as City are not scoring as many goals as we're accustomed to. He's somebody that is going to create and also take shots. So I do like that, If especially you're going to free hit in game week 18. But now that we don't have... In Bomo in our sides, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely shying away now from the free hit in 18 and just roll out the guys that will hopefully still have a starting 11 pretty easily, a few holes, but at least get 11 guys out and hopefully score over 40 points that game week. Other questions to tackle here is it worth using a free transfer to replace Matty Cash? I would say it's pretty much team dependent. Uh, the, People are going to have a lot of injuries to deal with. And if you're one of those guys, you might have to use your transfers elsewhere. So top transfer targets at around the 5 million mark, it starts with Poro for me. Poro is is the guy on set pieces. He came away with an assist, uh, had a decent look at the goal before, and is just going to be heavily involved for Spurs. So that's somebody that I would look at. What other defenders are on your watch list right now, Dan? It's few and far between. So let's see if we can give the listeners any tips. Yeah, I mean, you called out my top target already in Pedro Porro, but I think other than that, despite what I said earlier, I think Colwell at Chelsea is a, a good option with the lack of options elsewhere. And then, you know what? That's that's pretty much it. I'm I'm not seeing, I've been looking, I'm not seeing many good options in defense. It's slim pickings out there. I know I have uh, both Gehi and Cash this upcoming game, game week. Gehi is home to, to Liverpool. That's probably not going to go well. Cash is a home versus Arsenal and may not start. So, you know, it's it's not looking pretty. So I think other teams you could possibly shout. I was kind of curious on your take on Wolves defense. They play NFO at home. They've lost, I think, three or four matches in a row. And then they play West Ham away, Chelsea at home, Brentford away, Everton at home. So 
not not the worst. I mean, if you could rotate that defender slot potentially, but are there any assets at Wolves that you like from a defensive perspective? Dawson, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind it. With the lack of options, you could go worse than a Wolves defender. I think for safety, Dawson or Kilman are, are the best options. My favorite defender option is Aitnari, but as we've seen, he's injured. He might be back this weekend. We'll have to wait for the, the presser or news from O'Neill tomorrow. But yeah, sure, you could go for one of their defenders, but we can see a lot of chances. I, I don't see a lot of clean sheets for us, to be honest. So I'm not, I'm not sure it's worth a transfer in. We need Mr. Clean to come down that chimney for Christmas here and, and give do. us a few more clean sheet options because, yeah, I mean, maybe somebody from Fulham, you go with Castagna potentially. He's put in some decent performances in the past for the likes of Leicester. They're going to play West Ham at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, and then Bournemouth. So a half-decent run. And I think, honestly, you're just going to shuffle in and probably rotate between your third, fourth, and fifth defenders next to somebody like Trips and a Arsenal defender and just hope for the best, I think. That's what I was going to say. I think you need to pick your premium defender, whether it's Trippier or Trent Alexander-Arnold, or if you want to go with both, go ahead. And then I think you need to look at two or three other defenders and try and look for a good rotation where you can switch them out each week for a good home fixture. I think that's the best chance you've got of getting points from your defenders. This, the ceiling is just so low for all these guys. So don't don't expect much is what I would say uh, yeah. based on the attacking nature that a lot of these teams are showing. Even somebody like Burnley and Luton have found a way to score a couple goals lately and those are no longer easy clean sheets that we would have liked to bank for our teams. Let's turn to our transfer plans and captaincy shouts. What do you got on top of your mind here coming into the weekend's fixtures, Dan? I know you got a lot of problems, so you probably want to make three or four moves, but I know the kind of manager that you are, you'll probably only take a minus four at max. Yeah, I've got a lot of problems and I was, I was waiting until these games that just happened have finished. Because I had Udogi playing and Trippio playing, who were both on four yellow cards. So I was just praying that they wouldn't get a yellow. <laughs> um, so I have Terniola. So if Ariola's out, I think using a transfer on a goalkeeper makes sense. And then I'm going to have to deal with Mbumo too. So I think I'm most likely going to take a minus four to switch my keeper and to switch Mbumo. So two assets that we've discussed in this pod. And then I think I just have to hope I get lucky elsewhere in my team. I'm probably going to have to play. Trippier away to Tottenham. I might have to play Odogi at home to Newcastle. I might have to play Gabriel away to Aston Villa. You know, I just have to, to deal with it and just take the loss and just hope my attackers can get some returns. Yeah, I think that's the way forward. Again, the attackers are going to have higher ceilings and you're hoping for those eight to 10 pointers, whereas defense, you're just, you're hoping and praying for an attacking, um, you know, action to hopefully get some points. But uh, I'm just I'm just beside myself when I look at defense. I mean, we're <laughs> only like a season removed from big at the back being the way to play FPL. And this year it's been very, very difficult. Uh, all right. Have you thought about your captain? I think you have to go Haaland. Surely at some point he's going to turn it around and he's going to bang that hat trick in. And it's probably going to be at Luton where Pep will see this as a chance to just go all out and just get their goal scoring form back. I know we said that Lutheran are good away from home, but this is Man City. I think they'll find a way to destroy them. So I think Haaland will be my captain, no doubt. 
especially when you look at where City stand in the table right now. Exactly. They are, they're not in the first or second slot, so they need to get a result in the worst way. I think that's three matches in a row without uh, getting the maximum three points. So I expect Holland to have a, a great, great opportunity this week. All right, moving to my team. I actually have a very strong first bench option in Ferguson from Brighton. So he will be playing at home versus Burnley and he was rested midweek. So both Darwin and Ferguson will be starters in my side next to Holland. And I'm hoping that I can get maybe an eight or nine pointer from Ferguson uh, versus Burnley. So that is helpful because I don't need to make a move immediately on Mbomo. So then I'm weighing up a defender transfer. I have 0.4 in the bank, which actually just leaves me 0.1 short of getting Poro. And it's just typical FPL. That's how it always works. So I cannot upgrade cash to Poro in one move. So I'm likely just going to roll the transfer this weekend, take my lumps. I'm going to have to start Gahey, I think, at home versus um, versus uh, Liverpool and you know just pray that something random happens. But ultimately, I'm expecting one or zero points from him. And I just don't want to use a transfer there because the upside is so low. I honestly Captain think C. that's fine. I think it's fine just to play Gahey away to Liverpool. Why not? He might get a lucky goal. They might get a lucky clean sheet. You just never know. As we've seen this week, Everyone has been getting zeros and ones for the defenders, so it's fine, I think. I think not taking a minus four will be almost like a return for you this week because I think a lot of minus fours are going to be happening. Yeah, and I actually did that last week to grab Dubrovka, so I have him in goal. Not expecting a ton from him either versus uh, Tottenham, to be honest. I expect both teams to score in that one, especially given the amount of games and just sloppiness that we're seeing. So, you know, it is what it is, and we'll kick forward, but hopefully... Simikas is the one that I'm hoping for, you know, a six to 12 pointer. That would really help me this game week. Um, and I think he's somebody else that we, you know, we didn't cover earlier. If you don't have Simikas, I think he's still a decent option. He got his rest and he's somebody that could come in and, and do a job for you for three or four game weeks. So somebody to, to also shout out and he takes some corners and, you know, puts in a few crosses each game that could lead to a you know, headed goals, et cetera, because we see Liverpool scoring three goals almost in every match that they play. So that's somebody else you could add to the list there as well. Uh, captaincy, I have not given it a ton of thought, but I think, again, like law of averages, Holland is due, and I'll probably just go with him as as my captain. I think Salah, you know, he's going to be motivated as well coming off of a blank, um, but the away fixture at Palace, not the easiest place to play. So I'm going to probably lean towards Holland and then Salah vice cap. Talking about Bucks's team, we haven't heard from him on his moves, but most likely I think he's going to be weighing up a situation where he uses both of his free transfers. He rolled, so he's in a better place than, than you, Dan, in terms of addressing the goalkeeper conundrum that he faces and then also the Mbomo situation. So ultimately I think Bucks is going to keep tearing along and I'm not sure what he's ranked now at the moment after his first red arrow in what seems like the whole season, but uh, he's going to be well-placed. And I know he's still probably in the top 10 K I believe, right? Yeah, he is. And he, he's well-placed. He has Maguire on his bench. So I'm, he's likely to start Maguire at home oh, to, to Bournemouth, but then he has double Newcastle defense and he has cash and he has Taylor. So, you know, his defense isn't looking great either. But I, I think Bucks, knowing Bucks, will probably take the two free transfers to deal with his keeper and deal with Mbuma like me. Yep, makes a lot of sense. 
All right, that's a quick pod. Thank you for joining us in this Game Week 16 preview. We're wishing everybody scores over 50 so we can all feel better about ourselves and have a less of a rant about how our Game Weeks are going heading into the upcoming fixtures. So thanks again for tuning in. You can find us on X and on all social platforms at FPL USA Press Play. And we hope to catch you again soon. Any last words, Dan? I hope everyone gets a green arrow, especially me, because I'm kind of tired of getting the reds, Brian. Hey, man, at least they're not ranked where I am, so it could be be worse. It could be worse. (laughs) All right. Adios. Adios.